When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 is back. We are ready to go alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. The whole crew making the show happen for us. Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson, the Basalt Bandit. David Reed is the chairman of the board. Cody Stutes on the podcast. Becca Risley making the show happen for us uh, through social media. Gentlemen. A lot to hit today, a lot to get to in the coming uh, two hours. We have the Tennessee Power Hour, where we will discuss Eddie George as the uh, new head coach at Tennessee State University. We'll get into the Predators trade deadline. The Vols have an open practice on Rocky Top this weekend. Titans headlines as well, but we start with the Masters. What's up, guys? I'm excited to be here. Always fun on a Masters Monday to come in and recap that tournament. I feel like we should also distinguish the fact that Jakob Swanson, Jacob Swanson, in fact, the same person. Yep. Someone asked me that. Is his name actually Jakob? Well, don't tell the authorities. It's, it's, uh, yeah. for, if, if you're a federal agent and you're asking, no, it's not him and he's not here. The difference he's, is he's one, can drive, one can drive, the other cannot. Correct, yes. <laughs> Every morning when I pick Jakob Swanson up from his home because he doesn't have a driver's license, and I drive them in. Uh, people do ask the question about Jakob and Jacob. And also, the way you said it, Hutton, people might be confused and think that there's both a Jakob Swanson and a bath salt bandit that are here. They're the same person. It's amazing. He's blown every one of his covers in 20 seconds. All of this complexity with one individual. It's great. Oh, different personality. Let's, let's go ahead. The biggest scoop of the day is the microphone has arrived. And these guys should be able to join us on the show whenever we reference them now. Uh, loud and clear. Testing, testing. So hopefully that came through. I think that for came everyone. through. Yeah. Didn't yes. sound any different for us. So for those watching, you can gaze your eyes upon these two beautiful. Behold! They both look like lumberjacks, and we like it. This is actually Paul. You talked about Jacob and Cam Red. Smith not working. Would their look? This look definitely Absolutely works for both works. Lance and Jacob. Yes, that's, that's right. But beautiful. now when we have a question for them beautiful about man. anything going on, we can go back to them. They have a microphone. They have a camera on. All they we have need impressive is, uh, lights. On them at all times. All they great. need is a beautiful background like we have with the decorative We're going to work on that. Yeah. What My, do you got in mind for, for back Well, there, there is a handmade uh, gift that we received from uh, Omaha, Nebraska. That is a, uh, I believe it was uh, whittled out of one piece of wood from <laughs> one <Nantucket>, tree. Actually. <laughs> one tree died uh, for that. Yes. And Outkick 360 sign that we could hang between them. You, you approve of that? Let's, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. yeah we let's, can put that up. Yeah. I don't that know one. if you're going to find a hook for See, it right I, away, but. I recommend a green screen behind them, and we can put them wherever we want to each day. Yeah, look, look at that. that. How's great. that look? But, that looks yeah. A little straighter. Well done. We can cover Big, up that hole. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. It. Yeah. Big thanks to uh, Christian <laughs> Bly, Nebraska. No, just hold it like that, that for, for the whole you, show, Christian. Jacob. <laughs> looks great. That'll be a great backdrop for uh, Lance and Jacob. David Reed is hearing the show on a 45-second delay. Yeah, we're so not going to get him a camera. Shout out it's to, too far away. to David Reed. David Reed will either laugh or not in 45 seconds. <laughs> right. Then we'll, just, we'll know if Reed thought we were good funny at all in this first segment. Um, did you guys enjoy that nap yesterday during the Masters? That was a very, very uneventful I nap. asked yeah. for what? I said, oh, I want it. Competitive, tense. Back nine. So when I was at my son's baseball game, I was not missing a lot. I taped it. Well, until sixteen. I did slog through well, it. There was one minutes, moment, three minutes of tension. <laughs> yeah. The the uh, the bogey by Matsuyama, where he goes into the water and flies the green on fifteen. Then the birdie. So they close it to two strokes, and then uh, the sixteenth. The drama went away on that first shot from Xander Shoffley, and then there was no more drama. Well, I will say this. It was a fun three or four minutes yes. on that walk yep. from 15 to 16, thinking, boy, it's going to get tight now these last few holes. And 
and it's compelling to a degree, not to the end by any means, but when you've got a leader in a major with a, a lot of elbow room, how many times have we seen that guy choke, for lack of a better word? I mean, because you're, the commentators are saying, and we're all thinking, well, I mean, he can get away with three bogeys and five holes here and win easily. Uh, but if that enters his head, we've seen some very good golfers, and Greg Norman comes to mind first amongst them, um, with that kind of lead where the mentality can't help but change in your head, blow it. Um, and we saw a leader yesterday uh, who did not play phenomenally well out of the gate, but that 11 wasn't changing for the longest time. His short game was excellent, and uh, he sustained the mentality you need to, to hold on. Now, nobody was charging at him, uh, so that makes it easier, right? Because you know I, all I have to do is play a few bad holes, and one of these guys behind me has to play a few good holes, and it changes the game. Nobody was charging at him, which no, I, changes I, I, it. I, I but his mentality was strong. Shoffley was absolutely Shoffley charging was right at him. There. He had well, the right. double on five. Uh, until, and he choked on 16. He choked the double on, 16. on five, and then he had the triple on 16, which hit him in. But, I mean, after that double, it was birdie, birdie, birdie. I mean, he was coming after him at that point. It's where, and I, but I thought, he wasn't coming back. Two things need to happen. I, I feel well, he like he came a shot I, back. I going to he, he did come back. He yes, came back he on fifteen. That's so Shoffley after the round. I thought was terrific uh, with, with oh, the, his, the interview. His interview was, was great. very very likable. But and, and I agree with the premise of he he kind of smiled and said, "Look, I'm chasing at that point. I'm still chasing, so I'm trying to hit the perfect shot." I don't know that that should have been the mentality at that point. Matsuyama showed the first signs of cracking the previous hole. You're down two strokes. You're on the 16th. You have three holes to play. To Get a par. Then. Yeah, that was bad. Ma what we don't remember about that, Matsuyama bogeyed the right. 16th. If you get a par, you're one stroke back going to the 17th and 18th, and instead he felt the need to chase where I would have been looking around thinking, Matsuyama may be cracking at this point. I'm only two strokes back. But based on Just what I'm saying. Just play my round. You don't have to take a, a crazy chance. And I know Shoffley said the frustrating part is there's nothing I would do different because I actually hit it flush. It was a perfect shot. I just didn't. It just wasn't the right play, right? He hit in the water. He said, "I hit it the way I wanted to." It just wasn't the right club and the right play at that point. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I understand that you're still two strokes back, and he said, "I'm still chasing." At that point, I don't know that he had to chase because if he plays that thing the way he had the last few holes, and he just pars, and he hits plays it safe, you're looking at a one-stroke difference on 17, 18. But to your point, Paul, no huge crack other than that one hole from, right, Matsuyama. from Matsuyama. Very impressive by him. Here's he, the final leaderboard. We'll, we'll show that to you from Augusta National. Zalatoris makes a name for himself, uh, finishing one stroke back after Matsuyama, uh, two putts at 18 to finish at 10 under. Zalatoris at 9 under. And then you see Spieth and Shoffley. Uh, finishing at seven under each. Tough for Rose to have spent so much time uh, in the lead, often by a good margin, uh, to finish there. Here, here's a game I played uh, played with my wife throughout the weekend. Uh, played it with Jacob and Hutton when you were out of the room earlier, Chad. How much does Zalatoris weigh? Uh, I looked this up oh, okay. because I was so <laughs> interested. Um, I, I will say this. I'm not going to spoil your answer. He's six foot two. Yeah. So I think you need to keep that in mind when guessing his right. weight. But before he was, he was what were expected. you guessing before you knew he was 6'2"? 135. <laughs> okay. And not an ounce over 135. Right. So he's 6'2", 165, which still seems heavy because there is not an ounce of fat. He on disappears when he turns sideways, sideways to hit a golf ball. It is unbelievable. What is his waist size? 27? They said 28. Incredible. I mean, he makes Spieth look buff. And, and Justin Thomas, like those guys. Uh, Nick Fowler even said, you know, Jordan Spieth looks almost overweight. He is the size of, when he next is being normal. When you see the size, size of uh, one of David Reed's tree trunk legs. Well, Spieth is not even. I mean, Spieth is <laughs> twenty-eight. Small. Like I don't think Spieth is even. And normal next is Alatoris. Spieth, right. uh, Yeah, looks. I like mean, a John Rahm is guy. normal size for most guys our age yeah. or his age. When you see him with the extra weight. Spieth is very thin and fit. Mark Leishman. <laughs> and then Zalatoris is on the other end. Yeah, Mark Leishman looks like any guy out there plugging around so, the McMinnville Zalatoris country. Zalatoris yeah. now becomes one of these guys, which is 
is kind of a thing I simultaneously love and hate about golf. Like everybody right now feels like, well, this guy is guaranteed to be a, a force to be reckoned with over the next 10 years, right? But actually, it's completely possible that we never hear from him again. Well, what's also. interesting, if you go back to his recent events, he's been playing really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 24 so, years old. So as you, as you start scanning what he's done as a re- – like, he played exactly what he been has playing. been doing. It, he didn't come out of nowhere. No. We just started to tune in right now. And Faldo was saying, you know, he is reading putts that it should take 10 years to figure out at Augusta the way he's playing. So he, he was one of the most exciting elements of the tournament. Well, he, he uh, Dottie Pepper also was asked. She followed him the entire round on Saturday, all 18 holes. And I think it was Jim Nance who went to her and said, so Dottie, you followed Zalatoris the whole way. What's your impression of the young man? And her answer was that this won't be the last time I follow him around a golf course, just watching how he operates, that we're going to see more from him. But I'm with you, Paul. Colin Morikawa got me excited. With a PGA Championship win at 23 years old, I bet on him at FanDuel to win this tournament also. You get excited about these young guys, and it is nice to see, I think, the top four on the leaderboard all mm. in their 20s, the Masters. So the future is bright. Uh, need a little bit more personality sometimes from some of these guys, but I'm rooting for Zalatoris now. When you what see kind a performance of name like is Zalatoris? I was I was thinking Greek, and then I was dismissed in my house for. Uh, I would think Greek. Definitely not. I would Greek. think Greek. Will Zalatoris sounds me? very Greek to me. All right. The is on the end would I would think yeah. Let's look that up if we can. Yeah, we'll find it. Um, I looked up how much money was lost with that triple, with the triple on sixteen. How much? These are the stats that Hutton finds yeah, that I lost. This is good information. Uh, so Shoffley, the triple cost him five hundred seventy-five thousand oh. dollars. Oh. Because a second place finish nets him 1.2 million solo, and a second way tie for third nets him 667 thousand dollars. Wow! I did There's say something about that in my house. I said this is a note. big putt. I said at one point when he was uh, going for uh, something that would have. So you want the green jacket? Him. Yes. Uh, but but beyond that, how do you not sit around and think about half a million dollars? <laughs> I thought. Um, Marty Smith is a guy that I've come full circle on. Like, I, I did not like him at all. I've called him, you know, sort of the metrosexual redneck yep. is the style that he's tailored at That's ESPN. And now I think he's great. Like, the more I watch his stuff, the more I think he's really good. He's authentic. I'll give him He's that. very authentic, and he, I think he's talented. He did a piece for ESPN that I watched uh, Sunday morning, and it was all about how golf is the sport where you lose all the time, but you're considered a winner. <laughs> If you finish in the top 10, top 20, well, that's winning golf, even though you're not winning the tournament. Yeah. And they played a clip from Kevin Kisner. And he talked about, uh, this was after a British Open, they were asking him, he's like, oh, you know, I could maybe win on this course. And then someone followed up and said, so you're telling me there's courses you absolutely can't win on when you go into it? I said, oh, yeah, Turnberry, St. Andrews. He's going through all of them. He's like, I got no chance at winning there. And then someone said, well, then why do you show up if you have no chance of winning? He said, because I can make a hell of a lot of money finishing the top 20. That's why we show up. So we know we're not going to win. And you qualify for future but, tournaments. Yeah, yeah, but he said you can make a lot of money finishing in the top 20 also, it's my of job. any tournament. Like, I don't just show up when I can yeah. win. But I thought it was refreshing, and it also kind of shows you the mindset of it. That's in a sport terrific information. Where you're playing against yourself all the time. You can only do as good as you can do on any given course, but you make so much money not winning. That's a good It's better to win, that's a obviously. Good story. But you're still going to make some of that, and that's a great example of that triple bogey and how much money it costs Shoffley. Everybody collects, right? I mean, you missed the cut. You're the last guy. You're making something, right, at yeah. the Masters, at every, every tournament. This was, uh, this was a tournament, though, where while it was great what Matsuyama did, and I've never not been a fan of his, I come out of that tournament a no bigger fan of Matsuyama than I was before because I saw no real change with him. I'm exposed to someone like Zalatoris. I really, I know Xander Shoffley because he's been very good for a while now, even though he's only 27. But I'm watching him and seeing that interview. I'm like, now I'm a bigger fan of Xander Shoffley, having he watched that. Good. Right. So, but it's it's weird that the winner, I think it was the righteous winner. I'm glad he won, 
But I don't come out of the tournament thinking, now I'm a big Hideki Matsuyama fan. I'm the same Hideki Matsuyama well, fan I was before. He won me over but, a little But it bit. gives me uh, – Zalatoris and Shoffley won me over in this tournament. Matsuyama, uh, you know, I didn't know much about him personality-wise. Th- first off, I think his translator did an excellent job. We always joke about, you know, somebody asks a mile-long question and the translator asks two words or the answer is long and the translator – translator was perfect, I thought, in terms of the – you know, took the question – I guess. Just the perf- well, I can't confirm no, more than that. In terms of the length and how he seemed to be conveying things, it, it wasn't a Saturday Night Live skit thing where he took the That a, first answer uh, was. Paul, Paul <laughs> but he's Minard, like, oh, this was great. Paul Minard in Japanese mm-hmm. in Columbia, we just found out. In terms of what he yeah. offered and what I saw, I thought he was good. But I thought he gave two great answers where uh, he was asked something about what he uh, liked to do or did during the pandemic or something. He said, drank sake which I thought was funny. And another time it was asked, like, uh, you were scoring, so uh, things really turned during the rain delay. Yeah. What did you do? And he said, I sat in my car and looked at my phone. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was the one answer that stuck out to me was, what did you do to stay loose? I went to my car and got on my phone yeah. during the rain delay, and that was the one time I looked at my, my phone. My sister said they, they don't have a place where he could look at his phone in, indoors somewhere. Got to go off the grounds. <laughs> Even the pro golfers can't have their phones there. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't uh, – Again, it's I don't feel any differently about him. Like he's always been a very polite, quiet golfer with not a ton of personality. That's very skilled. I mean, he was the low amateur at Augusta National in what 2011. So he's had some success in that course. Um, but I leave the tournament really now rooting for a guy like Xander Shoffley to break through and, and win a major at some point. I also think golf hunting has to be really excited, generally speaking, for the growth of the game internationally, right? When this is one of those things where halfway across the world, people are up at the crack of dawn to watch him finish, where they're playing, uh, replaying holes during the American broadcast so that we could hear the Japanese broadcast and how they're reacting and all of that. So what's the influence of the game uh, well, in Japan and Asia? They were playing it up like it was a billion-dollar win for the game of golf with with the eyeballs and the, the amount of growth. sales and growth that they're going to have off of it. Now, Darren Ravel quickly fired back and said, you know, I buy $250 million, not a billion. But either way, it's, it's, it's a massive victory for the global aspect of that tournament and for the, the sport, which is already a big deal in Japan. So it, 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 to me, it had sort of a miracle on ice feel to it for this reason. The tournament ended at 8.30 a.m. in Tokyo, and they did not air the tournament live in Tokyo. Oh, that broadcast get Kirby we were on hearing, the they, they had a radio broadcast that was live, but they did a television show mm-hmm. where they followed him around and did like a highlight reel of the entire round that was going to play in prime time. So a little bit similar, not country versus country, but I thought of Miracle on Ice because while it wasn't four days afterward, that game was in tape delay in the United States because it was on in the afternoon. I immediately thought about that. Yeah, not the big underdog. For the Japanese Not audience. the big underdog, but in terms of the yeah. TV. Uh, and Kirby's big misunderstanding of the TV. Yes. Uh, our friend said that the uh, Miracle on Ice game was played four days after the fact. Which is uh, names.com, David Reed says, uh, names.com, first I've heard of this website. Uh, says Zalatoris is actually Lithuanian. Oh. There you go. Thank you, David. <laughs> He'll hear that in 45 seconds. <laughs> what, a, what a great URL to secure, names.com. That's a good one to get in the early Lithuanian. days. Lithuanian. James on Twitter, where you can follow us, at Outkick360, interact with us there. Uh, he writes in and says, Zalatoris, don't you mean Happy Gilmore's first caddy? <laughs> and we're retweeting this, but uh, this was another one that was very popular over the weekend that I thought was great. And Zalatoris, on one of his wedges, it says, actually, I'm your caddy, Mr. Gilmore. The line from the guy he looks like in the movie, that prompted Adam Sandler to tweet out wishing him well on Sunday morning. Said, I've been following your career, young man, and wishing you well. You've done very well. With a picture of them side by side, pretending that the small kid, the, the young guy from Happy Gilmore, grew up to be Will Zalatoris, which and, is really good. Uh, speaking of social media impact, Tiger Woods sent out a congratulatory message uh, to Matsuyama, uh, which yeah, it was nice to hear from him because everybody's wondering about, you know, we heard details of the accident, but I think it was a popular question this weekend, and I don't know, you guys watched the broadcast more closely than I did because I had some kid baseball going on. 
Was there anything reported about Tiger Woods' condition? I think everybody's curious about his Well, he's, who was he FaceTiming? I didn't he was FaceTiming it. someone on Saturday. Um, I'll think of it in a bit. But during the, during the weather delay, he was FaceTiming one of the participants. And then um, uh, the, the other time that he was brought up was the, the translator. The translator for Matsuyama is Tiger's translator when he plays in Japan. Oh, that's cool. So... Apparently he's he's good on uh, he he is good when it comes to the translation. <laughs> I told you, you guys didn't take me seriously. Uh, uh, can either confirm or deny yes. uh, the the translation. He's great. There. And here's another uh, Hideki that we like, uh, Matsui, autographed in uh, his I mean, native tongue. And again, we we. We, I assume that's his name. <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, there's a well, there's thing. No, I got this from Catfish There's no telly what this says. <laughs> this Trans says Chinese in Japanese. Translated in Japanese, that says F off. I said no autographs. I, I that's love what it actually when, translates. When the, for the kid is what it says. Yeah, when the, when the tattoos in Japanese and Chinese became very popular, I love the idea of... Uh, you know, but tattoo artists pulling tricks, and so you thought it said something very fancy, and it said shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love the tattoo artist that was playing games like that because I think those are very foolish. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, the uh, NFL offseason begins this week, right, Paul? I believe later this week. The 17th? 17th, right? I think. Today's the 12th. Maybe the 19th? Either way. It's an odd number day. Yeah. That's what we know about it. It's Either way, an yeah. odd number. Yeah. It, Not the 18th. The start time. Maybe the 21st. Doesn't really matter, but how they're going to go about the offseason does and what we may see moving forward from the league in and regards the to the offseason. We will, we will discuss that. Plus, a, a lot to get to from the weekend of headlines. I know you guys want to discuss the ending to the Braves game last night and, in particular, a great hitter in the Braves lineup. So Paul wants to discuss the beginning of the game. I want to discuss the end of the game where the Braves got absolutely robbed. And this is a second time in one week that Major League Baseball has completely screwed up the ending of a game in the National League East. Pathetic. We'll discuss. That's straight ahead on OutKick 360. But first, Manscaped.com, the best in men's grooming. Proper grooming requires precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And with Manscaped, you have the right tools for the job. They obsess over providing the best technology, and they're providing OutKick 360 season ticket holders with a great offer. 20% off and free shipping with the code OK360 at Manscaped.com. No nicks, no cuts, just a smooth shave. And Chad, they have everything you're looking for. Paul, if you would look at this right here. It's a beautiful you, you box. you got one of these also. This is a very well done, well-constructed box. Some of the items in this box include crop mop, crop cleanser, foot duster, refined cologne, and the Plow 2.0. Uh, we received this today, and uh, we'll, we'll be diving into this. But this is, if you're looking for, like, a gift idea also, um, and you can take advantage of that 20% off with OK360, this is a good one right here. Will I, will I be uh, sampling this on my dome and uh, seeing if it's uh, you know, you don't the wanna, right thing for my Paul, I hear you don't want to use scout. the same uh, razor up there as you do down there. So I well, think you may want to separate the I two. I would strictly be going up here. But you think that we should, I think we, maybe we should attempt to do that at some well, point. Well, I'm a Monday morning uh, shave guy. Here and here. Yes. Uh, not shave here, but this is sort of device I would use, so I will need to sample it. 20% off and free shipping with the code OK360 at manscaped.com. OK360 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Follow the show on Twitter at Outkick360, but you can find the show... Wherever we are, we have linked up every way to find the show on social media, both live and on podcast, Paul. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter account. It's pinned at the Everyone. top of their Twitter accounts. It's frequently on the Outkick 360 Twitter account. It's on my uh, Facebook Tennessee Titans Kuharski account. Everywhere that we can pin it, lock it at the top, it's there. Ask us for it. On, if you're on Twitter and you can't find it, say, hey, where's that tree? Boom. Every, everything. 
right? So it's, it's sectioned off. Here are the places you can see it live. Here are the places that you can get it in a, in a podcast form. Here's the store where you can buy a shirt or a hat. What are the other categories that I'm not thinking? Every, uh, radio it, with Fox Sports Knoxville. Categorized. So The events. The, uh, this, the, the Masters. We know up, that you've been craving. Yeah, event. We know you've been craving a resource like this. Here it is. All right? We're going to keep striving to find ways to make it as easy as possible for you to find it. My 86-year-old mother needs this resource, and I'm not accusing all of you of being uh, 86 uh, and having the difficulties that she has with finding things. But we want it to be easy for everybody. That's Is an accusation it, now? No, we want it to be easy <laughs> for everybody. It's an accomplishment if you made it to 86. Congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations. to Faith. all of our 86-year-old viewers. <laughs> My point, we want it to be easy as possible for all of you to find us any way you want. Here's a convenient one-stop shop. And, Paul, the, the best way of distribution is through word of mouth. So we would certainly hope that you would spread the word of where you can find Outkick 360, uh, where you can search us out. You can ask your Amazon device, ask Alexa to search Outkick on YouTube. The show will play immediately. Subscribe and certainly like and leave a post or a comment wherever you're watching the show live right now. We certainly appreciate that. And again, follow us on Twitter, at Outkick360. You may have been subscribed to our old show. This does not bring you our new show. So go subscribe to our new show. What you do with your old subscription, that's your business. What you do with your new subscription, that's our business. Yeah, I personally don't like it when I'm subscribed to something and it changes and you start getting something else you didn't originally subscribe to. So feel free to unsubscribe to that. Subscribe to Outkick 360. That's where you can get all of our content. We want to answer every single question we ever get about where to find the show in one spot. Paul did a beautiful job of explaining that one link and everywhere you can find it. So if you have a question like, where can I find you on FarmersOnly.com, <laughs> that question is answered on this link. I'll go ahead and give you a little Ryan. spoiler alert to the answer. FarmersOnly.com is not on there because we're not on Farmers Only. That's only a joke. <laughs> but you can find us everywhere well that audio is available on one stop shop with that link. So check it out. Chad, what are some of the other joke locations that are not on uh, this Raya, Hinge, Ashley Madison, Tinder, uh, Grinder, <laughs> J-Date. All of these places you cannot find us, but on we like list. the joke that you can't They're find us. They're not on this there. list. On this list are all the places you can find us. Yes. Uh, and again, social media, the best way to interact live uh, through the YouTube chat, through the Facebook live chat, and of course, at Outkick360 on Twitter. Chad, you were referencing Will Zalatoris and the... Happy Gilmore. The Happy Gilmore caddy. And uh, the, 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 the bath salt bandit came through and found a picture <laughs> of it that we're going to show to our viewers right now. That's great. And you guys can react to it in real time. It, it's, it's awesome. Oh, There's one God. also... Uh, he also looks like Doug Funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but This guy has no business being... A top five finisher at the Masters. Look at him. I mean, it looked He's like... He's a boy. It looked like um, they put, like, a make-a-wish kid that was 14 years old in the Masters field, and this was his dying wish. Yeah. Was to compete in the Masters. Uh, no, he doesn't like, look ill. Now we're going to go to young Will Zalatoris. Uh, well, he's so skinny, he's though, so skinny. out there. Like, I was thinking, like, it, it looks like a child. I'm thinking of another young Will we know who would be equally ill-suited to be in the Masters field. That Will has put on some weight, though. So has he? He, he would look ounces? a lot. He looks a lot bigger than that guy right there. I'm telling you that. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's shocking how much he looks like the first caddy in Happy Gilmore. Not the homeless caddy. That's played by Alan Covert Hutton, who we met at the Super Bowl, yeah. is the homeless caddy. He put on some weight from that role <laughs> to when we saw him at the Super Bowl, but same actor. But Zalatoris has had some fun with it. Adam Sandler had fun with it. And uh, the resemblance is uncanny. So there, there are a lot of golfers who will all pitch in and then they fly. They'll, they'll take like a Wills Up jet in together. Or they fly into Augusta together. And then the, the airport the day after is always extremely busy. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama apparently flying commercial. Uh, he's at the Atlanta airport this morning. Here he is carrying walking the through the Atlanta airport carrying the, the green jacket, jacket oh! on his left arm. That is terrific. And checking his phone. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, awesome. And the jacket's giving you away, Chief. walking the airport this morning. That is terrific. Oh, I and love a, that. And a, a fan snapped a photo of him walking in the airport. And I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot great. of these guys will fly through Atlanta. But, like, you know, there are instances of 
some, some, you know, Mickelson and others who fly in private. And then there's like that second tier group that all chip in together. And if you win the tournament, you pay for the flight. That's part of the deal. I bet the majority of them fly commercial. Oh yeah, a, only a very select few would fly. Like I bet Jordan Spieth even flying commercial. Or I, some I would think, of them are based I would in Florida. Think, they might drive. But if you told yeah. me what but category is Matsuyama, he's at he's at the top of the leaderboard every year in Augusta. He wins this year, yeah, so he's got money. But oh, I would I would think he would he would be among the chartered candidates. He also I, probably I, has big Japanese sponsors. I would you, think you know, so. Yeah. Well, he's about to get a lot bigger ones oh, too. Absolutely. After this, I I thought it was interesting during the broadcast. Uh, Nick Faldo talking about Matsuyama and just the uh, sort of Japanese culture and athletes. And you start thinking about the best Japanese athletes, you know, uh, Hideki Matsui, Paul, that, that you reference, Ichiro, and just uh, the humility of these guys and the, how calm they are, right, and the lack of emotion a lot of times with, with that culture. And he had mentioned when he had the bad shot on 15, he said, you saw it there, he said he doesn't get upset and have like temper tantrums or throw fits. But what, what he does is it's more of an embarrassment. When he hits a shot that's embarrassing to him, he'll have a wry smile on his face. And if you notice when he went in the water, he just smiled the whole time. So that's sort of his reaction to embarrassment. But that's an embarrassing shot for him when it happens. He just has kind of a, a wry smile. I, I, think was a lot, I think a lot of people have split feelings on it because Americans like emotion. emotion. But also there's a lot to be learned because we like emotion, but sometimes the emotion uh, takes a guy out of his game. And you want a guy who's able to recover from a mistake, particularly in golf. It, it, you've got to forget the shot, right, and, and move on. And in most sports, it doesn't benefit you to carry your failed at-bat or your failed tennis shot or your failed pass or whatever it is. What sport does it benefit you to carry a bad play or moment into the next play. Very rarely. You break it down after the fact, later, but in the moment, it's not beneficial. So maybe you're emotional for the moment to vent and get it out of your system, but otherwise it's not good. And Hideki Matsui was one of my favorite Yankees, uh, one of my favorite players of his era, not just for that, but also um, I find Americans um, in the baseball slowdown uh, Derek Jeter amongst them, the Velcro and all of this and in and out. And Matsui gets in the batter's box and he stands there and he waits for a pitch. And if he's out of the batter's box at all, he takes a foot and steps right it out. Back. And he's in the batter's box. You know what? He's a professional. He's ready to go about his business. I like that quality. I wish more American athletes would take on that quality. What's, what's Otani like in the batter's box? Same uh, I suspect he's the same, and I think as a pitcher, I, I he's pretty business-like. I'm not as familiar, but... I, I think uh, American sports fans are very convenient in how they like emotion or don't like emotion. I, I agree with you. I think that we, other times, man, that guy's got ice in his veins, when ice cold. Us. When it serves Look us. at that pitcher going are about his business. Are they on your team or not? Yeah. With no, exactly, with no, no emotion whatsoever, hit the game mowing guys down. But then, when it's Matsuyama, it's, well, he's boring. You know, he lacks, he lacks energy, he lacks emotion. But yet, if it was the guy on Sunday that you were rooting for, you would love that quality. Yeah. Look, he didn't have any emotion after he hit in the water. Just went about his business, got right back up there, stone-faced the whole time, and the guy's a killer. And we love that about him. But then when they're going nuts, oh, look how fired up my guy is. I think it's really imbalanced selective. in terms of what we want. Very selective. Uh, me, personally, if I have no dog in the hunt and I'm just watching something for sheer entertainment, which... That's what sports should be and what it is most of the time. I want emotion. Like, I like to see guys going nuts at times, and, and, and you could see that human quality in them. But if it's someone I'm rooting for, I want them to be a stone-cold killer, show no emotion, go about their business, and be done with it. And where, win. Was, where was the most emotion in this tournament for you? Oh, well, it was uh, Siwoo Kim breaking his putter. At one point, was uh, one. Shawfly bit his uh, bit his. Yeah, club but the, the most the, the most 16. consistent emotion, raw emotion, is Jordan Spieth. Yeah, shot after He's shot the most because human they guy. crank up that microphone very on the tee box, and he gives you a reaction verbally. Yes, with his caddy. Bite, bite. Yeah, <laughs> he's calling so, for something. Yeah. He's the most human, the most like us. The Shambo's another one. He's an yeah. interesting character. He's a hateable guy. But he's, if that's not your cup of tea. Yeah, but his whole approach is different in the, the huge bulking up and the way he swings. 
Well, like he's he's not relatable in the distance. Quite like no one, we can't stand in a tee box. All of my shots are basically seven iron. I can hit every club 150 yards, right? right? And that's that's practically it. Two shots, three seven. Uh, But like Deshaun, I feel like if we had that ability, we would stand at the tee box and just try to crank it. So I understand, like if I had his is his gift. I would try to hit it a mile every time that I'm up in the tee box. I, I don't be, blame him for that. Oh, I agree. I may be misquoting who said it, but I, it was Nick Feldo telling a story about Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. And I think it was Ken Venturi that was his coach in Dallas at one point. And he said he's one of the more interesting guys you'll ever meet. And I think that they were at some sort of international tournament or something when he was still at SMU golfing. And he said after one conversation, DeChambeau, who's an extremely intelligent guy, said, you know that time travel is possible. We just may never figure it out in this lifetime. And he said that he is just bound and determined that you can travel through time, but we haven't figured out a way to unlock it yet. And he started talking to him about that for a while. Another great anecdote was about Zalatoris. And this was Ken Venturi. At the same country club he started out in outside of Dallas, or no, this was in San Francisco, actually. He went up to his parents, watched him as a young kid on the driving range, and said, this kid really loves it. Your job is to stay out of the way. That's what he told his parents right then and there. He said, your job is to not mess it up as parents. Just great let advice. him be great and let him love it. thought that was really cool. That, that is great. Uh, hit us up at Outkick360. You can react to the, the Masters and let us know. Also, fanduel.com slash OK360 is the site to visit for the best odds and, and some great odds on all the sporting events you've got right now. Of course, uh, daily baseball. NBA, NHL with the playoffs just around the corner uh, with teams acquiring uh, players and, and, and making a run, a push for the postseason. Now's the time to sign up. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Did you guys have money on the Braves game last night? I did, Hutton. Oh. Uh, I had money on Braves and over <laughs> eight and a half runs. They hit okay. the over and combined eight and a half runs, but because of a terrible call, terrible call in the ninth inning, it was not a good throw uh, from Ozuna either, but it was in time, and the Phillies player completely missed the plate, and it was bad. It, this is the problem I have with it. Why have review? If you can go to review, and people who have seen it knows, know what I'm talking about. It looked like he was safe live. I get that. I have no problem with the umpire initially calling him safe, but upon review, and there are a ton of cameras there for Sunday Night Baseball. They had every angle, and one angle clearly shows he does not touch the plate as he doesn't slide around and he is tagged out at the plate. The Braves team left the field saying that's three outs once they saw it on the review. Everybody went to the dugout and they called him safe. And the Braves had to come back out on the field. Brian Snicker almost got ejected. If I were the manager, I would have been ejected. What's the point at that point? (laughs) I would have gone ballistic. I probably would have thrown my hat at the umpire when he didn't give me an explanation. But you want to talk about the, looking like you have impropriety in a game, when you go to New York for a review and New York just took your All-Star game from you and the first Sunday night baseball game of the year, I'm not saying this is what happened. I don't think someone got on the phone and said, hey, let's screw Atlanta again. <laughs> but if you want to give people, conspiracy theorists, fuel for that, go and have a long review in New York when he's clearly out. Is New York making that call? Or are they making that call looking at it? It goes to a review center at Major League Baseball headquarters. And they're the ones who tell them. And then that's when Snicker says they never give you an explanation because it's New York making the call. It's MLB making the call and the umpires just walk away from it. I mean, so several people miss it. The home plate call uh, umpire misses it. Then whoever, and I imagine it's more than one person in New York coming to consensus, miss it with multiple angles. It's just missed. I mean, how are you? But who's looking so, at it? How do you not see it? It's not supposed to be missed, though, because you have all the time in the world to get it right. Agree, agree. And all these camera angles, like he's saying. So it's not a limited. Uh, so did know, they thing. give an explanation after the game? So this is from uh, Drew Smiley, the Braves pitcher. We have five different angles on a nationally televised game, and it's clear that his foot did not touch the plate. For Major League Baseball not to overturn that, it's embarrassing. Why even have replay if you won't overturn it? I know Brian Snicker went on to say something also about it going to headquarters and then coming back, and then the umpire just walks away from it. Now, here's, uh, here's Brian Snicker. He said, I got a view on the big screen that he didn't touch the plate and uh, went on to say that he's livid because they never give you an explanation 
when you approach the, the umpire about it. It's just awful. And look, this. Here it is. Here's the, the exact quote. Okay. It said, um, Barrett, the umpire, didn't offer Snicker an explanation. When the manager came out of the dugout to angrily question the call being upheld by the replay review crew, by the replay review crew in New York. So it is crew, a review crew people. in New York uh, that looks at it. Again, I don't think that Major League Baseball sat there and said, we took the All-Star game, no, let's take this game from them also. Nothing but this is what I start getting on Twitter, and this is what people are going to say. And if you don't want that to happen, get, it get right. the call right. Get it right. You've got the camera angle that shows he didn't hit it. And Matt Viscursion was terrible on that review. He, he saw one look at it, and somehow Matt Viscursion and A-Rod magically see everything and said, oh, he's safe. They got it right on the field. Immediately, you couldn't tell anything on the first camera angle when they were reviewing it. But on the first one, Matt Viscursion said, I, I got, I, guys, I believe he got it right. Now, I believe I he's say- safe at the plate. And I'm thinking, you don't see him touch the plate. It's clear. Then they showed the other angle, and it was clear that he didn't touch insane. the plate. And then Matt Viscursion says, I don't know. There may be a question about whether or not he touched the plate. I, I hate when the broadcasters are blind to the thing the way the I umpires are, and you're listening to the broadcasters while the umpires are saying nothing. I'll go back to the Mets call we talked about the other day with the Mets player leaning in to get hit by a strike. Yeah, That's terrible. the game-deciding thing. I, I, one thing I didn't mention, the Mets broadcast crew, Ron Darling amongst them, immediately called BS on it. A homer crew, you know, where you're so used to homer crews, they were opposed from the start. It's a three-minute conversation, and they're saying it's absolute travesty that this guy leaned into it, that the umpire got it wrong. It benefited their team, and they were vehemently against well, it. They played it correctly, and that's a credit to a home broadcasting crew going against mm-hmm. a call that benefited their team, which you rarely see at Bass Hut, and you hope they – a, a, a team might tiptoe around it delicately. These guys just called it for what it was. Let's See, applaud, good for them. Let's applaud was Ron Darling and the Mets crew the for way just being honest be. with their viewer and saying, yeah, that's not right. I love that. Well, they, they can go back upon replay and call someone out that was deemed safe, right? Of course. Yeah, this was reviewable. The, the can one they take the a Mets strike? Can they take a ball and call it a strike? No. Well, that, that's the main difference in the two. Right. The, the, no, the, the Mets one was not fixable on replay. It was just missed. But both are bad misses that shouldn't have happened. And Here's here the go. foot. We have uh, this is uh, David Reed doing some good work to find that. Here is uh, the view. So this was the camera angle uh, that they showed that clearly showed it. And here is a spotlight on the foot missing the plate. Now, I do think that his foot got closer to the plate Earlier than that than spot because yeah. he kind of toe-tapped. But he toe-tapped a little bit close yeah. to the plate. It was but he close. Did not. It, it, the toe-tap was close uh, there, to the plate, but it clearly missed the plate. He clearly missed it. And there was one. Now, there was, I will say this, it wasn't clear that Darno tagged him for a while, too. It looked like he almost, he just walked off yeah. without touching the it plate. It was worthy of a, a review. But you, the, there's one angle where he clearly hits the jersey. You see the jersey swipe back on the tag yeah. on, that, on the side there. So Can we talk about a play earlier in this game? Let's do that next. Okay. And Acuna, is that where we're headed? Yeah. Ronald. We discuss Ronald next. Outkick 360 rolls on. Eddie George is the new head coach at Tennessee State University. More on that coming up in about 10 minutes. Outkick 360 rolls on alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Paul, you wanted to discuss Acuna. Well, I'd like Chad to set it up. Uh, He became less of a fanboy during the course of our uh, text conversation of this. Initially, he endorsed the text that he sent. Then he backed down. I reserved comment because I wanted to discuss it on air. We'll see how much lamer and tamer he goes with setting it up now as compared to last night when he was fully on board with the tweet that we'll discuss. I passed the tweet along from Gary Sheffield Jr., who works at OutKick. And the tweet was a video of Acuna in the first inning legging out what should have been a routine ground ball to shortstop is what it looked like. And he's safe, and you could see the shortstop the last moment rush the play because Acuna was flying down the first baseline. The tweet said something like, I don't have it in front of me, but this is what a team that goes on to win a World Series, this is how you set the tone for a team that's going on to win a World Series or play for a World whatever the thing was. I sent it because I thought it was amazing hustle from a guy who's one of the best players in the game. Paul immediately laughed at it. He'll get to his response to it. Now, I, I would say that I don't think the Braves are winning the World Series simply because I think the Dodgers are still the best team in baseball. 
and they lost to the Dodgers in seven games last year when they had a 3-1 lead. Could they beat the Dodgers? Yes. Do I think they will? No. So I think the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. But I will say it was quite the hustle from a, uh, a great player, and I'd like to see more of that in baseball and not less. Oh, Paul, a, your thoughts? It's an amazing play. I, I, and I'm presume it, I presume it was Gregorius. I don't know why Gregorius doesn't have a better feel for his speed and know that you can't take a beat fielding that ball to throw to first base. I think the, I think the point, though, took. is the most, most players – aren't running like that on yes. a routine grounder. But uh, this is standard fare for me if you don't know me. I am not throwing a parade for a guy running hard to first base. That is the standard. I am going to boo and bemoan the guy who doesn't run hard to first base. The guy who runs hard to first base is doing what he's paid to do. He's doing his job. He should do that. Uh, so good for him. He's doing his job. But Gary Sheffield Jr., whoever this is, Welcome to the world where people do what they're paid to do and do it. You're going to throw a parade for him and say that's a harbinger that the Braves are going to the World Series? I look forward to every tweet that you're going to send for every good baseball team where a guy runs out a ground ball then. That's going to be a hell of a Twitter project for you all summer long. Uh, I think you would know better based on your lineage that this is this is an outrageous proposition I look forward to you scaling it down. You got to scale it down. I know you're a young guy over eager, but let's take a breath because that's way too much. I expect everybody to run. You know when that expectation starts? The day you sign your contract and get money to play a sport. So the tweet, and we'll, we'll mention since we name names on the show, Gary Sheffield Jr., who works at OutKick, at Gary Sheffield Jr., uh, when we post this clip later of Paul Blastingham, uh, it says, Ronald Acuna Jr. setting the tone for a World Series run starts with your best player doing things like this with a video. Now, I didn't take that, Paul, as to say your best player doing things like running hard. I took it as your best player legging out what should have been a routine out for a base hit in the first inning. That's what was exceptional about I that play. I expect your best player and your worst player to run to first base as hard as they can every time they hit the ball. Do you expect ball. your best player to beat out that throw? If he's There's fast. There's very if, few guys who can do if that. If your best player has his speed and runs as fast as he can to first base and Gregorius, presumably, plays it like that, then he should beat it out. Yes. I, I don't think it's that common. And this may be a bad I, statement I'm not on the saying game. It's I don't common. think it's that common for a baseball player to run that hard on a routine ground ball. I, I, it, I agree. It's not that common. So it should be common. And we should not throw parades for the guy that do it. The emphasis should be on the guys who don't do it. They should be shamed. Okay, but by your own admission, the guys who don't do it are the majority of the league. Who should you be shamed. You said that doesn't have this, this often. So, it should, so then everyone in baseball should be shamed other than Ronald Acuna and a few others that run that hard? I don't see many guys who run that hard. Again, the guy who lands the plane the guy who delivers the mail, the guy who does what he is contracted to do, I'm not excited to celebrate them. We are here doing our show. I don't want to be praised for doing our show. I want to come and do a good show because that's the expectation and the standard. And I think when you open it up to applauding people for doing what they're supposed to do, it's a dangerous envelope. As you well know, though, if you, sometimes if you don't applaud what you've accomplished, no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I don't think any. I mean, I think his manager should set a standard where it's expected that he do that. And well, that's he shouldn't but return I, I, to the dugout. That's the way the Braves to play for the most part. I well, mean, that, I think that, I think they're a team that plays very hard and runs hard. But I didn't take the tweet or the video as, boy, look at this guy run hard and he's out. The story isn't him. If he runs hard and he's out and it's a close play at Man, first, just, no one's putting that. But it is a routine ground ball to start the game. And the guy starts the game in a series you're trying to sweep the Phillies where they swept you to open the season by getting on base. That was the exceptional part of the play. He showed terrific speed was that getting he there, but did safe. the shortstop play it well? I thought the shortstop played it like any shortstop would play any ground ball. I mean, did he take a beat as he gathered yeah. it? Yes, but that's what shortstop Well, that's do. the lesson of the play. The shortstop, right the last shortstop can't take the beat there is the lesson of that play to me. I found it very refreshing. 
I mean, it's fantastic play by him. I'm running. not ripping the shortstop or, or trying to give extra praise to Acuna. The effort is refreshing in pro sports nowadays. I, I just in, don't in, at any level. And Paul, I, I totally understand where you're going with this. I just think that it may look at it two ways. The fact that we're that was an exceptional baseball play. You don't see that that often, especially from stars. And maybe the emphasis should be more on the people who don't do it than Acuna. Instead of praising him, we should be sitting here talking about why doesn't every Yankee play like that? Well, why don't we see Yankees grounding out, you know, running to first and getting safe I, on I a routine ground ball? And then I, I just use the Yankees because I'm wish looking we at you. Saw it more or often, any example. But Yankees have a decent percentage of guys who hustle, but there are too many guys on too many teams that don't run out every ball like that. Um, but I took that tweet from Gary Sheffield Jr. like something that our guy who wears a Braves jersey out and who I like to say lives with his parents but is, is very popular, at, at, very good at telling us he now lives downtown. I took them as kindred spirits. Paul fixated on kids be, who live in Nashville. I think they should be <laughs> on different levels in terms of their analysis. Well, again, I, 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 you're taking it one way. I'm taking it another. I'm not taking it as... That was like, we're going to the World Series because this guy runs no, hard. No, but I mean, the Braves' stated goal is to win the World Series, like a lot of good teams in baseball. Oh, I hear So it. I think uh, the point is, if you're going to set about an entire regular season building towards a World Series run, your best players need to set the tone this is a good tone setter. Now, do I think the Braves, and I'm a Braves fan, do I think they're going to win the World Series? No. Because, again, the Dodgers got better <laughs> than they were a year ago, and they were great a year ago this offseason. And the Braves got a little bit better. So I, I don't think that they're going to win the World Series, but it is, and you use the word refreshing, Hutton. I think yeah. that's a good word to describe it. It's refreshing when a guy who could possibly win National League MVP with his talent is running the first at bat of the game in April that way and getting safe on the play. Again, not a story if he's out by an eyelash. You're just, what he was, he was really flying down. He legged it out. Th that was the story to me. It's refreshing when the person bagging the groceries bags the groceries instead of talking to their friend. But it's what they should do. I think that it, it's a it's a funny debate and something we can get into more. But there are people that bag groceries. Should we lower the expectation on certain things where? or raise it? <laughs> where the, where are, where are their grocery at baggers? The, at the Publix in Brentwood. <laughs> I do that on my own. Well, this is me watching baseball a lot, and maybe my expectation has just been lowered to where I see that, and it's it, it's exceptional that I saw that, and it shouldn't be exceptional. To your point, Paul, what you're saying, maybe it shouldn't be exceptional, but it is. So should we lower the standard of everyone else or raise the standard of everyone else oh, and lower the, the standard, standard of Acuna? I want to raise the standard. All right, let's do it. I have that expectation. There is a new expectation at TSU. Eddie George is the new head coach. We give you our thoughts next on OutKick 360.